night and just all that together. And so you might say, man, what did you talk about Wednesday? And I just say, well, come this Wednesday and you'll find out. And then tonight, I don't want you to miss because I'm going to talk about a second part of a message I preached last Sunday called Condemnation or Conviction. How many are getting something out of that message? Amen. Two people. That's enough. That's enough. Two people. Amen. So don't forget, I just want to remind you in our church, we're, we're a little different than some churches. Some churches today have one service on a Sunday morning, or maybe several on a Sunday morning, don't have a Sunday night service. Sometimes they'll have a Bible study or something on Wednesday night. But we have three full services a week. But it's not three, t- three services times one. It's three services times three. What does that mean? It means I don't preach the same message tonight that I preached this morning. I don't preach the same message Wednesday that I'm preaching tonight. There's a different message at every service. And so what does that mean? That means that's three full meals a week that you can eat of in the Word of God. Amen. Besides all the other stuff we do. So I just want to encourage you this morning uh, as you're here to just just begin. Maybe maybe this could be already begin to be a New Year's resolution for the for the beginning of the year. That you'd begin to say, you know what, I'm going to start trying out some of these other services and coming to those two. We have a great amount of people in our church that come to every service, and they're, they're just called radicals. Amen. They're radical. How many that come to every service realize that it helps you a lot to be here all the time? Amen. Do you get every, every, every time you can get a word. And we know there's circumstances and situations, but just want everybody to know we have those three services, and I think tonight will really bless you. Isaiah chapter 12 is where we're going to start off, and I'm going to give you a little bit of a visual uh, this morning that will really help you. Um, got a couple of really, really key verses that I want us to look at this morning and, um, and think about. And just to give you a quick, uh, quick understanding of what we're talking about, um, the, the, the title up there, if Chris will put it up. Sorry, I thought it was already up there. Jesus washed my sins away. Now, we, we've heard that, and we've heard the song, What Can Wash Away My Sins? What? Can anybody answer that? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Good song, right? What can make me white as snow? Nothing but the blood. It's a great song, right? And so we, we, we understand the song, but a lot of people don't understand what it means. And a lot of people don't really grasp that we are sinners, and we need the blood of Jesus, and we need forgiveness. And um, I, wanna, I want us to understand this morning that as we look at those babies, this is a good opportunity to think about this. It's hard to imagine that those babies, as precious and pure as they are, are born in sin. Now, we don't see the evidence of sin in their lives right now. They're, they're way too young uh, at this moment to actually practice sin. Okay, but they are biblically sinners because we're born sinners. We're born with the disease, and and as the kids get older and grow, uh, and they get to an older age, there'll be a time, and I'll get to this in a second and really show it to you. There'll be a time where they will realize for the first time in their lives, and only God knows when that moment is, because everybody's different. It's not an exact age. It's not an exact month of an age. It's not an exact day. But there's a day when that child begins to recognize their, the sin in their lives. And, and then obviously that day is the day from that moment forward where they begin to become accountable for their soul and for their eternity. 
These babies right now at their age are perfect in God's sight. And they are, if they were to pass into eternity and, 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 and die, they would go straight to heaven. Thank God. Amen. And that's the only, the only peace and joy we can have sometimes around the world, even when you hear of these babies that, that tragically uh, lose their lives or whatever. I always say, thank God. They didn't have to get to that sin accountability age, and they didn't have to get to that, this, come into this ugly old world and have to deal with that. But there'll be a day when they'll get to there. And we're all there this morning. We're all a few days beyond that. Amen. Can you say amen? I'll say that to those that are older. Just a few days beyond that recognition. And, and so we realized at some point in our life, and then obviously with the Word of God coming in and someone telling you about Jesus, you began to come become a, a little more... Uh, understanding that, man, I'm dirty. I need help. I need forgiveness. And the Bible says this to us in Isaiah chapter 12. Uh, and we're going to start in, um, sorry, I, it's, it's one. Thank God I've got my Bible open to one. Isaiah chapter one. Sorry about that. Scoot, scoot over to chapter one. I'm sure 12 would have been great too. I don't think it would have, it would have matched. Verse 16, wash yourselves and make yourselves clean. Put away the evil of your doings before my eyes. Cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice. Okay, how many saw that so far there? Now hold that, hold that right there with your finger. Go over to Isaiah 1, or 12, sorry. And I want to show you something else here. There is actually something in both. And in that day you will say, O Lord, I will praise you, verse 1. Though you were angry with me, your anger is turned away and you comfort me. How many know that's some good words? Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid for Yah, that's a Hebrew word, the Lord, is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. Now watch this key verse. Therefore, verse 3, you, sorry, with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Father, for just a few minutes this morning, teach us your word. Show us your word. Transform us with your word and your power. Lord, let us learn something powerful today that will help us know what you have done for us on the cross and what your blood means to us and that we can be cleansed and washed clean this morning by that blood. And devil, you're defeated already. You cannot lie and deceive God's people. And we come against you with all the power that Jesus gave us this morning to trample on serpents and scorpions, to, to preach the gospel with truth, and to see God move in lives miraculously this morning. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So there's some good stuff here. And I want you to just to go back and see that again. Verse 3, Therefore with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And then shoot back over to Isaiah 1. And look what he says here. He says, wash yourselves, make yourselves clean. That, that's an important thing to understand. 
uh, on Wednesday night without taking more than 10 seconds because I'll, I'll, I'll switch direction and then get back to this. Sanctification is a two-part process. One part is what God did on the cross, and the other part is ours, which is progressive, where we have to apply what God has done. Okay? So we know that God has done something for all of humanity. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he died for every single human being that would ever live after his death, that would ever come into this earth, and he died on the cross for their sins, and he made a way of escape. He made a way to be clean. He made a way to be saved. But the thing that happens after that is we and you and I and humanity has to accept that. You're, you are not just saved because Jesus did that. You have to accept it. You have to believe it. And then you have to apply what Jesus has done on the cross to your life. How many are with me so far? And so there's, it's a two-part process. God, God involves us in this process. He needs us to be involved. He needs us to accept. He has already done it all, but we need to accept what he's done. Now, we have a hard time with that. I just want to make that clear statement right now. And I mean we as humanity. We have a hard time accepting that God can do it all without any of our help. What I mean is we, we try to do the salvation part instead of just the applying part. And I want you to go over to Jeremiah and look at something here. This is very interesting. Uh, one of my absolute favorite, uh, and of course you might say your whole your whole Bible is your favorite because I do have a lot of favorites. Sometimes I think I, everything's my favorite. But I do have a lot I like. But there's, this has really stuck out to me over the years. Jeremiah chapter 2, if you look at that, I, looking at Isaiah and Jeremiah. We'll go to the New Testament in a minute. And Isaiah, uh, Jeremiah chapter 2, sorry. God makes a statement in the book of Jeremiah to us, and he says something about us as, as, as humans and as, a, as humanity. And he says, you have, have, have com- committed... Two evils. He says, you have committed two evils. The powerful thing about the book of Isaiah and Jeremiah and, and all these prophets is, is, is how the word is so powerful to go so many directions. He's speaking to them at that moment. Yet even stronger still, he's speaking to us today in 2017 to the future generations that would come. And he says, my people. So we think about 2 Chronicles 7, which says, if my people who are called by my name. So we understand that he has a people. And his people, in his, in his desire, get this, in God's desire, his people would be everybody. His people would be all 7 billion people that are on this earth. Okay? Now, but you've got to understand, all 7, people, 7 billion people on this earth, and it's more than that now, 7 billion something, on this earth right now, listen close to this, are God's creation. But not all 7 billion people on this earth are God's children. That might, have, that might have thrown you for a loop right there, but that's the truth. We're all God's creation, but we are not all God's children. You become a child of God when you accept God's plan for your life and you accept the salvation that Jesus has. You're still his creation. He still loves everyone. He still has a plan for everyone, but you don't become a child of God until you accept his plan for your life. And he wishes that everyone on this earth would accept his plan. And his plan is for us to spend eternity with him in heaven. That's God's plan. 
His plan is, is, is for it to be great for us and awesome for us. I was joking with my wife last night, and I said, for me, just, to, just how on earth, like for today it's not cold enough for me. I'd like it to be a little colder since we're in December. And I like it a little, I'm not saying I like it freezing, you know, not, not, not that, but I like it a little cooler. And I said, I just love this time of the year. I said, if I had my way, we'd get to about middle of October, and then, and then we'd go through November, December, and January, and then I'd have my birthday, and then we would just reset to October 15th again. That's the way I would like it. That's just my favorite time of the year. You have your favorite time of the year. I said, well, change Destiny's birthday from May to, January, to December 21st, and then we'll all have our birthdays in there, and we'll just have a three-month life. Amen. We'll just reset right over and over again. I, that's how heaven's going to be. Whatever scenario, you don't have to like my scenario, but whatever scenario, maybe yours is some crazy June to August or something. Maybe that's your favorite time of the year, amen? Maybe you want to reset in June to August. Whatever it is, we have a, a thought of what life's going to be like, and, and our thought is nothing compared to what God's got in heaven for us. And he wants us to look forward to that, and he wants everyone to be there. He's preparing a meal for everybody. How many know, uh, especially you ladies that like to cook for a big group of people, you want everybody to come. You want everybody you invited to show up because you want them to taste that good food. God has an awesome, awesome future for us. And it's for all of us that will accept it. But God says here in Jeremiah 2, he says, you have committed two evils against me. Now watch this. Verse 13, you have committed, my people have committed two evils. And, and this is important. I, let, me, let me stop before we read the next part. This is important. He said, my people, so that means he's talking to his children. Meaning that they already have a knowledge of God, they have an understanding of God, but here's what they commit. Verse 13, still verse 13. They have forsaken me. This is important. The fountain of living waters. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. Before we finish reading that, how many remember the story in the New Testament when Jesus gets to the well? He's talking to the woman who has five husbands. She begins to speak to him, and, and they're talking about water. And he says, if you knew who you were talking to, you could have water that is living. You could drink from this water and you would never thirst again. Amen. That's the water that Jesus has for us. How many have ever been just super, super, super thirsty and, and you just, you got that water and you just wanted to, you say, I'm going to drink a gallon of water. Amen. That water tastes so good and, it's, and, it, and it meets that need. But the problem is physically we get thirsty again. But spiritually, God doesn't want us to get thirsty again. He wants us to stay satisfied, but he has to be the source. And, and what we do in our lives is we begin to say, well, I don't think you know, he's everything I need. He's, he's good, but let me add in what I think. And that's what humans do. We add in what we think we should, we should add into the equation. And I'm going to give you a visual of that this morning in just a second. But it's so important that you understand this. What's, that's the, so the first one is we've forsaken his living waters. And the second part of that verse is, and hewn themselves cisterns. This is important. Broken cisterns that can hold no water. Broken cisterns that can hold no water. So what we do, I've got a bucket up here this morning, just as, just as a visual. We, we, God has an a, 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 a idea for us and, a, and a, a bucket for us, so to speak. And then we come along and we make our own. 
We, we invent our own thing. Why do you, well, people go, why is there so many religions? Why is there so many churches? Why is there so many this? And why is there so many that? Because of us. God never intended it to be that way. I always use this example. It's a great example. How many have ever, how many, I'm not going to ask you if you like donuts, but how many have ever seen Donut Shop? Okay. Have you ever noticed that 99% of the donut shops don't have a name? They just say donuts. Have you ever noticed that? Most, it just says donuts. That's how God intended the church to be. Like we have all these names. We have a name. We have Victory World Outreach, VWO. It's a place so we know that this is where we're at and this is the name of our church, the name of our fellowship, and all these different things. But really, God's intention that would have been, we had to do this because of man, but God's intention would have been for the church just to say Jesus. Jesus. And so when you see donuts, what, what do you know? You know that donuts are served in there. And you just know when you go in, you're going to get donuts. And so people, if it was, would have worked out right, it would have been awesome because people would have been able to just go, hey, I need Jesus. That thing says Jesus. I'll just go get me some Jesus. And there'd be nothing else added to it or taken away from it. How many are following me so far? We do these things. We add things. We make things ourselves. And so he says, you've forsaken me and you've hewn together cisterns that can hold no water. I'm going to have Jose come help me just a second, uh, give you a visual this morning. But let me tell you what the word water means. It's very metaphorical in the Bible, meaning it has a lot of symbolic meanings. And, and it's in hundreds of times in the word throughout the Bible. But one of the things I want you to recognize more than anything, uh, it, it, let me give you a couple backgrounds. It, it's symbolized a lot of times um, of the trouble that we go through in our lives. I would imagine every single person here has driven by Lake Louisville. Unless you're like my great uncle who's with the Lord today and he never left Denton, so he never would have gotten over the bridge. But I imagine most of you have gone over that bridge when you've driven over the bridge, sometimes when you go over that bridge, it is totally not even moving. Isn't that cool looking? When you go over it, it's just like, it's like a piece of glass. And that, what that is representing is times are good. It's, there's no wind. There's no trouble. There's nothing troubling the water, and it's just peaceful. Right? It's a beautiful picture. How many have driven by Lake Louisville and seen the, the, this, the waves just crashing? And, and, it's, and I'm not even talking about the boats being in it. It's just, it's just rough. Well, that water in the Bible, in many verses that I don't want to get into this morning, is symbolic of the, of the types of times we're going through in our lives. Sometimes our walk with God is just peaceful and it's, and it's just calm and, and we're able to just sit down and enjoy life. And other times it is crazy and wild. And we're on, we're on the wave and we're riding it. And we're saying, Lord, I, 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 hopefully it's not, not too many people like to be on that for too long. But it's symbolic of what, what our life is like. But the real most powerful in the Old and New Testament symbol of water is of salvation. Salvation. It's a picture of salvation and of eternal life. Amen. So I want Jose to come forward this morning, if you would. And I want to give you guys an example. This is a great, great visual. How many, how many like visual things? That's, that's the way I am. I like to see things visually. So we're going to take some sin here. And we're going to act like Jose has just found out that he is a sinner. Amen? And so all of a sudden, he has been spotted. Just pat those together for a second. All right. Good. Now, keep them away from your clothes. All right. So, now, Jose is 
um, as he has noticed, he has gotten dirty. His hands are dirty now. And, 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 and like I said, this, this starts at the moment where a child gets to that age and they understand the difference between right and wrong. That is when, it's not that that sin wasn't there, it's that now that sin has become evident. Now that sin is visible. Right? You, at, certain age, at certain ages that are different, you begin to see that rebellion. And I'm not, I'm not picking on kids, that's where it starts. We are all grown-up kids. But that's where it starts, and then today we're in that place today as well. But all of a sudden we've got this sin on our lives. And then we realize all of a sudden, I, I, I am, I'm dirty. I talked about this a little bit Wednesday night. And, and when you get something on your hands, if you're working on a car or, or you're, or you're c- cooking or you're doing something with, with mud or whatever, you get dirty, you want to clean those hands off. And, and it's a symbol. This is a symbol of our sin, sin life. And, and, and what we do is we sin and we notice it. And then, and then what we do is we rub them together and, and try to get that off, try to maybe... Pull, get a little bit of that. There you go. This, this is where we start to do Jeremiah 2. We start to try to kind of get it off, but then it, all it does is make it worse. Right? The more we try ourselves to get our sin off, and, and it's kind of like blood. If you ever seen, you had blood on your hands, you know, you, you want to get it off. It's like you just smear it and it just gets worse. And, and this is us without Jesus. This is the picture of us without Jesus. It's going to continue to get worse. And then, and, and then maybe he, he's trying to get rid of it. Maybe I'll just put a little bit more. I, I, I made another mistake. I didn't really realize that, I, that it was going to get worse. And there's some more sin. And, and it keeps getting darker and, and uglier and more dirty, not cleaner. So here's where religion really comes in. Maybe, maybe I could... Try a paper towel. My, my, my hands aren't working, so maybe if you just try to wipe it off, that would help. And then all of a sudden, you're getting it all over the towel, and see if that's working for you. See if you can get that off. Not seem to work too good. So it's, it's just spreading. Okay? That doesn't work either. So you get kind of tired of that. And again, all these are pictures of us religiously making our own cisterns, Making our own thing. And a lot of times what we do is we call it works. This, this is the picture of the world today. Works. If I could just be better than my bad. And here's religion. Religion teaches. Many religions. Most religions teach. Not God's word. But religions teach. If I do more good than bad, then I'll make it to heaven. And I've used this picture for you before. What a scary thing to, 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 to be thinking about eternal life and saying, man, God, I hope that I did good enough things to be more good than the bad I've done so that when I stand before you, I can be good enough. And here's the problem. No matter how good you are, God will still see that. And so you could, I mean, there's so many things. So here's, this would be the most, most wise thing to do. Let's use soap. So here's more work. So now we get a little more spiritual. Let me, let me get some soap on there and see if I can get some so I do a good thing, I do another good thing, and then I start kind of cleaning it off with soap, and that's going to be much better. I mean, that's going to start to break it up, and that's going to get me clean. That's going to do exactly what I need. And as you see, um, it is kind of breaking it up a little bit, but is it getting it off? Let me show them where you're showing your hands. See, we, we kind of look a little better in God's eyes, in our eyes. We kind of feel a little bit better, right, because at least it's moist. But he can rub that and rub that and rub that. And, and for time, 
let's just do some more. Maybe some more soap will help. You look back at the soap. You acted like you wanted soap, so there you go. And for time, I mean, we could spend all week here. We'd come back next Sunday, and he could have done that for the entire week with soap, and he'd still have that on his hands. Why? Because he's not being cleaned. He's just taking the sin and rubbing it together and making it worse. How many in your lives realized you were doing that? All I do, the more I try to do things on my own, the worse it is and the worse it gets and the uglier it gets and the more it what? Spreads. It just spreads. And, and then I just, and now I'm walking around with, I mean, it hasn't gotten any better really. Still the same. So from our message, let's just try with soap one more time. Maybe it's the third time's the charm. Let me give you a whole bunch actually. There we go. Let's see if that works. No? Doesn't matter how much soap we put, huh? It doesn't seem to go away. And so what we need is what the Bible says right here. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. You just, you just keep trying to get that off. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26. Powerful word here. Actually, you know what? Get, go ahead and go there, but I want to read another one. Hey, don't be looking at that water. Don't be looking at that. That's, that's, that's my water. That's not yours. That's kind of how we are, too, with our salvation sometimes. That's my salvation. You leave it alone. Just keep your hands out of my bucket. Ephesians 5.26 says that he might sanctify and cleanse her, watch this, with the washing of water by the word. Washing of water by the word. Okay? And then, that, that's a powerful verse. I want you to go back. Sorry, that's why I kind of said sorry. Back to Isaiah again. And I want to show you something so awesome. Verse 16. So, so now, so I'm going to tell you, Jose, listen. Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, that, those sins that are on your hands. And you don't have to be like that. All you have to do is wash yourself, cleanse yourself, do your part, get rid of those things that are in your lives, and, and you don't have to have that on your life anymore. I can tell him that, but I can't make him clean himself. I can't make him apply. So right there in front of him is a bucket of water. And this is kind of how the gospel works. We tell people, hey, Jesus can clean you. Jesus can make you whole. Jesus can change your life. And we tell and we tell and we tell. And the hardest part, being a Christian, is that we can't physically grab them. Because, like, I could physically grab him right now, here. I could physically, you know, grab and push his hands in there. But I can't make him do it, especially spiritually. And I can't clean somebody else. And you can't clean me. As much as I, it's driving me nuts and it's driving Jose nuts to have his hands like that, he, he wants to get them in there. So now he has a revelation. Man, I've tried over and over and over again so many times to do it myself. Let me try giving this to Jesus. And so now put your hands in that water, that clean, clear, holy water all the way from Jerusalem. Amen. <laughs> See if you can get that 
off. Just kind of rub and clean. See, what he's doing right now is what this verse says in Isaiah 6, uh, 2, 6, 1, 16. Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean. He's applying the blood of Jesus. He's applying the water through the word. He's doing his part now. The cleansing was already there, but he's doing his part now to make himself clean. Okay? And, and it's, it's something that's got to be continual because, wow, clean up pretty nice. Look at that. Now, go ahead and pull them out like that. That's good. Look at those hands. Hold them up for them so they can see. But see, you might be like, well, there's a little bit there still. See, we're in a process. We're in a process. So just hold it right there. I, he, he was trying to get it out of his finger. This, that's actually a perfect example. That actually worked out great. Because this is kind of what happens the first time. Second time, tenth time, twenty. We kind of get to where now, okay, I've got a lot of my bigger sins kind of taken care of. A lot of my bigger sins, I'm, I kind of don't do that no more. But now, here's where a lot of Christians are. Now we've got to get the stuff out from under the fingernails. Now we've got to get the stuff out that's not quite as visual. And it's, some of it's t- sometimes it's painful. And God's like, hey, you missed that spot, and it hurts a little bit. And you kind of got to dig down, and it kind of hurts because he's pulling these things out of you. But if he continues, to, he's going to cut. And so he's kind of doing his own illustration over here. I don't know what he's doing. Amen. <laughs> Love Jose, though. Amen. So go ahead and clean some more. Boy, that water sure is dirty. That water is really dirty. It was nice and clean. Now it's really dirty. And that's, that's, that's the picture, though. We've got to have. So the visual here is, is that that's what we do so good. We take it and we rub it together and we, we try our things and we, we put the hand sanitizer on and we put the soap on. And I was talking about on, on Wednesday, like, like I, I'm always washing my hands. and I ha- like that's, that's just me. And I'm always putting hand sanitizer. But I don't even like hand sanitizer that much. I only use that when I have to. I want water. I want my hands under water. And I, it's even better when it's flowing water out of a sink. And I can continue to wash them. Amen. And it, it, it feels good. You feel clean. But I think that a lot of times we come to the altar of God and we, we, we clean, but we don't do it with the water and the blood and the application of the word. And, and we feel better, but we don't feel clean because we didn't apply the blood. When you walk away from an altar and you feel still dirty, that's not God. That's us not applying the blood of Jesus. We have to get to a place where we say, Lord, I have come. The cleansing part is me coming forward and saying, I'm a sinner and I need, I need that soap and I need, I need that cleansing, but you're the one that can make me whole. Okay? Thank you, Jose. Would you like this? All right. Let's give Jose a hand. Amen. He did a great job. How many give me just five, min- five more minutes? Let me see your hand. Five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. 35, 40, all right, good. Some of you are like, ah. I want to just change direction real quick and um, show you something else. And, and right before I do, you're still in Isaiah, right? Chapter 1. So he says, wash yourselves, make yourselves clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Okay? So... Um, this, this is where we're starting to understand the sanctification. I am cleansed and forgiven as soon as I ask Jesus Christ to come into my life. But there's a process the rest of my life that I walk in where I am learning to do 
things like God would do them. Not anymore like I see that the, 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 the cisterns that we make ourselves and the forsaking of God. God does not want our sacrifices if they don't come from here. He doesn't want them. That, that, that's what he says in Isaiah and Jeremiah. I'm sick. and he makes, I'm just paraphrasing. I'm sick and tired of you doing that just to please me, but you don't really want to change. Come on. You don't really want to change. You don't really want to leave that thing. He says, and so for some of us, it's learning. It's, it's like, wow, I didn't even know that was wrong. Maybe you, maybe you did inside, but spiritually, biblically, you didn't know that was wrong. And a lot of people are like, wow, I need to change that. I need, I need to, I need, so it says learn to do good. We're, we, don't, we don't wake up as children in, in, in the morning and grow up and, and know what, what's good and bad without learning it. We learn, we know how to do, actually, we know how to do bad, we just don't know how to do good. Right? We automatically know how to do bad. Like, it's not hard to think about this. Do you have to teach your kid to get dirty? No. Do you have to teach your kid to get food in their hair? Do you have to teach your kid to cover themselves in their food? Come on, somebody get that picture. You don't have to teach them that stuff. Hey, grab that macaroni and rub it in your hair. Grab that donut and smudge it all over the place. Grab that food and throw it on the floor. You don't teach that. What do you have to teach? How to clean up. How not to put your hair, hand your hair with macaroni and cheese on it. How not to, how not to steal th- something that's not yours. All this stuff that we do that is good is not in us. We have to learn it. And it starts back there in the nursery. That's why, don't think, don't think for a second that it's not important to take your kids to the nursery when they get to that age. We don't just give them bottles back there. From the age that they can start learning, we teach them. Amen. And there's all these different classes back there in different ages that are teaching different things. And people are learning how to apply these things. Amen? Amen. So I want, you to, I want you to think about this as I just show you a quick illustration. Here's, this is the two illustrations in one. This is two for one today. We, we are, let me put another one on. We are a product, I always say this to you, of our environment. How we grow up. We have a belief system this morning of what we were taught growing up. And this is just a few that I chose that everybody has different ones. And this is going to really help us for, for Wednesday night's message as we continue in sanctification. But as I tag these things on to my life, I didn't, I didn't necessarily put them there, but somebody put them on me. Let's see if I can get one more here. So what do we got? Lustful, dirty, greedy. What was the other one? And rejected. Of course, there's many, many, many more. This is how we walk around as Christians. I'm saved, I'm sanctified by Jesus, okay, this is really important, but I am allowing still many of these things to be attached attached to me because I have not removed them myself. I have to remove it. What do you you mean? How, How do you remove those things? These things are forgiven. Jesus made me clean. Jesus didn't, didn't make me lustful. These are, he didn't put these things in my life. These are things that I have allowed to stay attached to me. And as a believer, as I walk more towards Christ, and as I wash myself of these things, 
I have to personally say, you know what? I'm, I'm taking this off. I am not th- going to be that person anymore. And I lay it at the altar and I leave it there. Amen. And you can't come take it off me because it's not something you can touch. It's something that's in me. And, and, and some, of you, some of us walk around still, it, it, even though we're saved and we believe in God, and we're still walking around and we still have this dirty feeling. We still feel dirty for things we've done. We still feel dirty for thoughts we've had. And, and, and we, we, we can take this off at any moment, but something tell, the devil is telling us, no, leave it on. It looks good on you. It looks good on you. The devil will tell you that looks good. And we just walk around with this. I have to personally take this off. I have to remove this myself. And then what I have to do is the second part of sanctification is I have to come and I have to put on that I'm clean. I have to put that on. It's a, it's a spiritual understanding of what God has done in my life. And, and, and I have to take off greediness and I have to say, you know what? I'm going to be a generous person. I'm not going to be greedy anymore. I was raised greedy. I was raised to keep everything to myself. I was raised to hold on. I was raised with a poverty mentality. But now the word is teaching me that that's not God's will. So I'm taking off that thing and I'm putting on generosity. Okay? So as we're cleaning and as we're getting rid of these things, we're putting on these things. Amen? And then I got, uh, do I have anything left on me? See, that's the problem sometimes. We'll be like, okay, I'm doing good. What do I, oh, rejected. Right? We're doing good, not even do that on purpose. And we're like, okay, I got that generosity out. And this is the process of life. And you might go years like this. Now, now greed is not my problem anymore. And so maybe when a message comes on about being greedy, hey, man, I, I feel like I've got that. And I'm not going to let it come back in, but I feel like I've got a good, good grip on that. And, um, man, I feel like I'm clean. I feel like I'm clean. I'm not dirty anymore. And you might go a long time, and then all of a sudden, you'll be reading the word, or a message will be preached, and you'll go, whoa, whoa, that, why do I feel that way right now? That's a weird feeling. Man, I still feel rejected. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God will reveal, you still got rejection in your life. And you need to get rid of that. And you might be like, ah, I don't, I don't really see it. I don't see it on me because I can't see that right now. Like it's down here and I can't see it. I can see these two things, but maybe it's in a part of my life that I can't necessarily see it. And I'm kind of walking around not as the God, child that God, God wants me to be. Because I still have this here. Who, long, who knows how long it'll take, right, for that, for that to, be, to, be, to be gone. But I'm going to say, man, I'm tired of being rejected. I'm tired of believing what the devil says about me. I'm going to start believing what God says about me. And I am accepted. And I put that on. Amen. I put, I put these things on. I know I'm missing one. I don't know where it went. Right? I have, do I have anything bad left on me? Good. And sometimes we can even do that, man. You, you see anything in my life? We don't like to do that, but sometimes, hey, you see, if you see anything in my life that is not pleasing to God, tell me. And you don't do that to anybody, but you find some friends and some people in the church and some people you trust. We talked about that in Discipleship Friday. You find some people that you can, you can confide in. James says, confess your faults one to another for somebody healing. Not for forgiveness, for healing. Say, man, I, I'm dealing with something in my life, and I want you to be an accountability partner with me. 
and that can be your spouse, that can be someone close to you, whoever it is, you say, I'm, I'm dealing with something here, and I want you to hold me accountable. If you see me, maybe you have a, a, a recognition that you've got a bad attitude, and God has revealed that to you, and you say, listen, I want you to hold me accountable. If you see me grouchy, if you see me mean, if you see me treat someone bad, if you see me, talk to me. Tell, don't tell me in front of everybody. Don't say, hey, you just did it again, buddy. Don't do that in front of everybody, but pull me aside and say, hey, remember you asked me to seem like it a little, like it, I know you're grouchy sometimes, but you've been grouchy like all week, you know? Does that make sense? So I'm just telling you, you asked me to help you with that, and that's how we do it, but that, that's, that's what God's trying to get us to see, is when we have these things on us that are bad, we have to remove them. Does that make sense? He forgave them, but we have to remove them. So I, I, I can understand that God wants me to be generous. Okay, here's an example. I can understand God doesn't want me to have a poverty mentality and be greedy. So, I, okay, I got the revelation, but then now my application is that I'm going to give. I'm going to be a giver. I'm going to be generous with my time. I'm going to be generous with my money. I'm going to be generous with my things. And, and I'm going to put that into practice, not just understand it. Amen? So, so it's a great visual this morning. And John, Jesus said to Peter, I need to wash your feet. And Peter's like, no, in John 13, you can't ever wash my feet. And sometimes we get that attitude too, like, God, God I, you're too holy. I'm not holy enough. I'm not good enough. Yeah, we'll never be good enough. We're not good enough. But Jesus says these words. He says, if I don't wash you, you have no part with me. And then what did Peter say? Wash my whole body. Wash my whole body. So we got to be broken. We got to be open before God. And, and we got to allow the water of the Lord, which is the word, salvation, to cleanse us. Like we do our part. We do our part. Put the soap on there. We rub. We, and then we remember that Jesus, through his word, cleanse us and make us whole. Amen. Let's bow our heads this morning. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for teaching us this morning your plan and your purpose that Lord we would be clean in your eyes this morning not because of anything we do we, we as you said in Jeremiah we've made our own cisterns we've forsaken you we've become religious but God this morning we want to trust 100% in the blood of Jesus and the water of the Holy Spirit and the cleansing of the Holy Spirit to make me whole this morning as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed this morning all over this place, I believe God has spoken to some people this morning. I believe he's spoken to a lot of people. I believe that this word is going to help a bunch of people this morning. It's going to help us get clean. Maybe we've been religious for a long time. We've gone through the motions for a long time. We've, we've done what we think is right. But God says, without me, you'll never get that off never be totally clean you can look better and 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 i use this example on wednesday it's 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 the it's the perfect example you can clean up a pig get them out of the mud and clean them up and give them a bath and give them a shower and put smelly stuff on them and put a bow on them and put clothes on them and all that stuff but he's still a pig and he's eventually going to go back to that mud because that's what pigs do we're not that in the lord anymore we were sinners we were sinners that weren't saved by grace. We were sinners that were lost without hope, but we're not that person anymore. We're children of God.
We're children of the Lord. We're children of the Most High. And He has clean, clean, cleaned us up. And we don't have to go back to who we were. We don't have to go back to the where we came from. We don't have to go back to that mud. We don't have to go back to that filthiness. We don't have to go back to those things. We can stay clean. But we have to apply the blood. We have to apply it every day. Every day. Just like you don't wash your hands once a week. You wash your hands every day, several times a day. When you get dirty, you cleanse it. You say, Lord, forgive me for that. And you go and wash yourself in that blood. And you say, Lord, I don't want to do that again. I'm sorry. And you do your best to stay clean. And then when you get dirty, you ask God to forgive you. And it's a daily process. Daily process. Maybe you're here and you're saying, I understand right now that I've been trying to do it on my own through religion and through acts and through, through things, but now I know it's only the blood of Jesus. It's only the Word of God that can cleanse me. And you say, I need that forgiveness this morning. I need to make a decision to give Jesus Christ my heart and my life. How many all over this place, as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, would be honest with God and say, that's me. Put your hand up and put it right back down. I, I need that forgiveness. I need that in my life. That's me. I need to be saved. I need to be born again. If I passed into eternity right now, I don't know what I would say to God. Man, what a scary thing to stand before God and not have the blood of Jesus over your life. He's the only one that can cleanse us this morning. He's the only one that can make us whole. Maybe you're here this morning and you knew the Lord at some point in your life. You said that prayer. You accepted Christ into your life. But maybe you got religious. You became that person who, who began to dress a certain way or act a certain way in certain times and certain places so that it looked like you had it together, but maybe you've got sin inside of your life, deep secret sin, things that need to be dealt with, things that nobody else knows about. And you say, man, I'm, I'm tired of playing the games. Maybe that's you this morning. You, you can find that forgiveness this morning. Just talk to God. Ask God to forgive you. Ask God to wash you clean in his blood through the washing of the word. Maybe you're here. Last call would be, as we're just going to open the altar in a minute for us to just to take this and apply it. You, you realize this morning you've been doing a good job of, of putting that soap on. But you haven't been applying the word. You haven't been asking the blood of Jesus to cleanse you and and you've got some dirt on your hands this morning of religious acts. Praying can be a religious act if you don't apply the blood of Jesus. Reading the Bible can be a religious act. Coming to church can be a religious act that'll just kind of move that dirt around your hands, but it won't take it off. But you haven't said, Lord, I'm doing my part, but I'm dirty without you. You are the water. You are the blood. And Isaiah 1 18 says, come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. As we stand to our feet this morning, we're going to sing a song. And I'm going to open up the altar this morning. And we can come this morning and we can wash. We can wash it, not physically, but spiritually. We can do what we saw in that visual. And we can just say, Lord, 
I, I, I see something this morning. I believe this is going to help me. Amen. So as we come and we open the altars and you find a place to pray, we'll sing this song. Let's just do business with God this morning. However, the Holy Spirit leads you off of what you learned this morning.
cry out to him this morning. Father, cleanse me right now. I need you. I need you. kind of lust. We talked on Friday morning about the epidemic that is pornography right now. Epidemic. They said that in the last two years America has seen one million years worth of pornography. One million years in two years. And that it's a hundred billion dollar business makes more money than the NFL, the NBA and the Major League Baseball all together the porn industry so it's a huge thing that needs to be broken and that's just an example maybe yours is greed maybe yours is anger maybe yours is whatever you know what it is it's something that that seems like you just can't get it to break today's the day to say Lord I'm cutting ties with this I'm cutting ties with this like I said I'm taking that off and I'm, I'm not letting it get back on me again and through his power, he will set you free. Amen? Listen to what Revelations 22 says. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirsts, come. And whoever desires, let him take of the water of life freely. Amen? It's free. Your, your healing is free. So we're going to pray right now, generally over this whole congregation, because there's a power in the name of Jesus that breaks every chain. There's a power over pornography. There's a power over greed. There's a power over violence. There's a power over anger. There's a power over whatever you put there that, that you feel is attached to you. That, that's something that comes up over and over again. Like every time, it's like, man, there it is again. I'm telling you, you can be set free from these things. It is God's will for you to be set free from these things. Amen? And, and sometimes, it, this is a fact, sometimes things get put on us. You know, for example, what if that label was on my back? What if I couldn't see it? But it's there. Whenever there's something going on in our life and things aren't right and you can just tell something's wrong, you can say, God, I don't know what it is. Maybe sometimes you don't even, I don't know what it is, but something's in my life that's not supposed to be there, and I ask you to take it out right now. Sometimes it'll bring it right to your, to your mind and say, it's, it's this. Or sometimes it's something that, that you've allowed and opened a door to and you didn't know what you did, but it's there and you want it gone. And what we do is we say, Jesus, I, I, it's, it, what we're doing when we, when we do that is we're putting the soap on and rubbing together. We're doing everything we can. Then we have to say, now, now that I've recognized it, now that I've admitted it, now that I've confessed it, and this is all in 1 John 4 where he says, if we confess our sins, he's what? 
faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and what? Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So the example is I cannot be forgiven of my sins if I don't confess them. The, the confession is the soap in, the, in, in this. Lord, I, this, I know this is wrong. I know this is bad. And then he cleanses us from it by, by him taking that now and wap, wiping it away and washing it away and cleansing us from all unrighteousness. Okay? So we do that. So let's pray right now together, whatever it is. Maybe you don't have anything. Maybe you're here today and, and, and you just got something broken. You're good, whatever. But if something comes to mind now, let's just pray. Let's take the authority over it. And Father, we come before you right now and we come against the spirit of addiction, the spirit of, of, of lust, the spirit of anger, the spirit of pornography, the spirit of violence, the spirit of jealousy, Father. Lord, you, you, there's so many things that can be put in there. Something that's attached to us this morning, God, that is not of you. Maybe it's an addiction to alcohol. Lord, an addiction to cigarettes. God, an addiction to drugs. Lord, an addiction to medicine. Father, an addiction to social media, Father. An addiction to a person. Lord, whatever it is, God, whatever is on us that has not been put on by you, that is not your will and your plan for our lives, we break it right now in the name of Jesus. And we declare, Father, that you're the only one that can heal us. You're the only one that can deliver us. You're the only one that can set us free. And Lord, we know right now that it is by your stripes we are healed of this addiction, healed and, and changed from this brokenness. Lord, it, maybe it's rejection, Father. Lord, maybe it's greediness. Lord, whatever it is, God, right now, remove it in Jesus' name. Lord, cleanse us with your precious water. Lord, break that chain right now and remove it from our lives so that we can walk in the pureness of heart, so we can walk in liberty this morning because your word says whom the sun sets free is free indeed this morning, God. And we declare that right now. And Lord, we know that right now something is lifting off of us and it's taking its course to, to go in the opposite direction of us and it is forgiven as far as the east is from the west and I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus and all the old things have passed away and all things have become new this morning, Father. Wash me clean in the blood of Jesus this morning. Lord, I drink of that water freely right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give him praise for that this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. I want to pray for healing. Maybe you've got someone here that you're praying for. I got several texts this week, several bad news from different, there's a lot of cancer going on. I several people this week here and just people I know that get, were given news of stage four cancer. A lot of that going on right now. How many know Jesus died for that on the cross? Amen. And we can be healed of that this morning. Maybe you've gotten a bad report. Maybe you haven't even told anybody. Maybe you're having some pain in your body. Maybe you're standing in for somebody. Um, let's, let's make these Sunday mornings a time where we can, we can have people invited to church and they can get healed. We can have people invited to church and they can get delivered. Amen. And, 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 and let them know that Jesus is still that healer, still that deliverer. Amen. How many know he's done it for us? Amen. So whether you're here and you're sick or you're standing in for somebody, let's, let's apply the power of the, of the word of, of God this morning. And, and he says in Isaiah 53, he was stricken, he was bruised for our iniquities. And by his stripes, we are healed. 
Amen. So again, this is just this is just like the, the same idea. The blood has already been shed. We just have to apply it. Okay? Just like that water was sitting there. We just have to say, Lord, I apply the blood of Jesus to my friend. I apply the blood of Jesus to my body. And I declare that I am healed and I am whole. Amen. It is not God's will for us to be sick. Amen. It is not God's will. And, 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 and there is power in, in the laying on of hands, but we can pray right now and you can be healed right where you're at. You can put your hand on your body, amen. You can take authority over that. So let's pray right now. If you're here or if you're standing in for somebody, Father, we come before you right now applying the power of the blood of Jesus to this church and to this body and to this body of believers this morning. Father, we bind every spirit of cancer. We speak to you, spirit of cancer. We come against you, spirit of cancer. It is not your will, God, for anyone to have cancer this morning. We bind the stage for cancer. Lord, we bind cancer in every part of the body, Father. Lord, on the skin. Lord, in the heart, Father God. Lord, on the lungs, in the liver, on the spleen, in the spine, on the feet, God. Wherever cancer would be this morning, we command your word to act right now. And to, to fulfill what it has spoken to be done. And we declare healing, Lord, right now from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet. God, we will not accept the report of the enemy or even the report of the doctor, but we will believe in the report of the Lord this morning, God, because greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. And God, it is not by might and it's not by power, but it's by your spirit, says the Lord God of hosts. And we declare healing right now from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. Lord, by your stripes we are healed. And we know that in 2017, you still heal. You still heal, Jesus. You are my healer. You are my deliverer this morning. Father, I pray that pain would be removed right now from our shoulders, from our muscles, from our backs from our heads. Remove arthritis right now. Lord, I rebuke the spirit of stomach cancer right now. I rebuke the powers of darkness that are moving through the intestines of different people right now. Lord, in the colon this morning, Father, we bind the spirit of sickness in the colon right now. Lord, we bind the spirit of sickness and disease that would affect our bones this morning, God. Lord, this morning we apply it. We apply it and we believe it, Father. And Lord, we declare that by your precious stripes, we are healed. And we declare, Satan, that you and all your spirits of infirmity have to flee in seven directions right now. And Lord, we declare healing done for your glory and your honor right now. And we expect and wait upon the testimony to come forth that you have done what your word says it will do in the name of Jesus, we pray right now. And everybody said amen. Let's give him praise this morning. We believe it, Father. We believe it, Father. We thank you that it's done right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name above every name, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for a good report. Thank you, Lord, for a good report, Father. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. How many want God to heal and deliver and set free and move? Amen.
As, we, as we're, we're, we're not going to go into December, we're already in December. We're not going to go into this month and slow down. We're going to speed up, amen? We're going to see God do greater things. How many would like to see God do more this month than he did all year? Amen? Let this be a time of not religion, but a time of relationship. A time where we're dealing, we don't have to wait till January 1st to get things together. We can go into January on fire, amen? We can go into January.